Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify and Podbean, listening on there, share around with others, and follow on there as well. We have X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow and like the pages there. You'll get episode updates, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. NFL day today. Uh, good college episode, I felt like, this past Tuesday. Go and listen to that one. I felt like that was pretty fun. Talked about week four. We talked about you know, some of the big matchups there and college football with this weekend. Week five is is upon us. Now we're entering week four of the NFL season. Week three, a lot happened. A uh, lot happened, you know, in Denver. Wow. <laughs> and we're going to get to that in a minute later on in the episode. Um, KC, stuff's happening down there. We, you know, had a little bit of a, you know, Fun, you know, little, you know, sighting, uh, you know, pop 12, 12 time award winner, Grammy award winner, Taylor Swift was, you know, seen, you know, with a particular mom, <coughs> Donna Kelsey and, uh, watching a certain player, <coughs> Travis Kelsey in the skybox suite at Arrowhead stadium, you know, no big deal, you know, relationship noise happening, you know, in Arrowhead, but the, but the Chiefs got the win over the Chicago Bears in a 41-10 to 10 win. There was a lot of stuff that happened this past weekend, and we're going to break down some of the top matchups and recap some, some stuff going on in the NFL, as well as look ahead to week four of NFL matchups and some of the top NFL matchups. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Like each episode, comments down below, follow once more on Spotify, Podbean, share around with others, and follow on X and Instagram and Facebook for all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Let's kick off with our week three recap, shall we? Uh, I kind of give you a little overview of what happened, you know, with love in the air, you know, Travis Kelsey and, you know, tight, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and uh, 12-time Grammy Award winning artist Taylor Swift, who's... And, all the, you know, a lot of people have said, and shout out to my girlfriend for this, uh, is the best streaming artist in the world, the best artist in the world, her opinion, uh, not mine. I Listen, I'm not slandering or hating. I'm just saying for a fact, hey, this is it's just, she told me, to, she, just, she told me to shout her out. I'm just, just shouting that out. Anyway, they're dating, love in the air. It's great. It's great. It's awesome. And, not only that, the Chiefs got the win, so it motivated you know for all the quote unquote Swifties out there. You know the Chiefs got the win over the Chicago Bears. The Miami Dolphins look solid. That's what we also proved. Uh, they played a wonderful game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, in quote on ESPN, Shannon Sharp went on a rant about on first take. Go and watch that on YouTube or on social media everywhere. Uh, it was rough. That was a rough game for the Denver Broncos. Where do we go from here? I don't know exactly where we go from here with the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Miami Dolphins look good. I've been saying that all offseason, and we're going we're gonna to get into that in our Week 4 preview and predictions. But the Broncos, I don't know where to go from here. They're 0-3. Sean Payton, 0-3 in his first three games as Denver head coach. Russell Wilson not playing like the candidate of the MVP that he used to and the type of 
type of a top performer in the NFL like we're used to seeing. So it's different looking at the Denver Broncos right now, especially after a high momentum hire, you know, getting Sean Payton there to, to coach his team. So it's looking, looking, looking like, you know, not on the good end and not on the, you know, we're passing this experiment, you know, kind of thing. So we're just going to have to see where it goes with the Denver Broncos. Miami looks solid. And, you know, so far, you know, nobody's taken a, you know, the only two teams that have taken a giant leap or three teams it's looking like it's the Niner, the 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins is what it's looking like currently. So with that being said, let's, get into our week three recap, shall we? Let's talk about Thursday night football. Prime, Kirk Herbstreit was calling the game with Al Michaels, 49ers, and the San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Giants. So, I said that the Niners were going to win that game. They did. 49ers 30, Giants 12. Final score there. The Niners look good. They look good all around. Defense, offense, special teams, you name it. They look like a solid football team, just like last year. The key is... What's going to happen once they rematch the Eagles later this year come November? So we're going to find that out, you know, later in the season. But the Niners look good. They put up 30 points. And in the NFL, you know, it's it's a proud accomplishment to put up 30-plus points, uh, you know, let alone, you know, a high score of a 50-plus or 70-plus as I'm teasing what we're about to talk about later in the episode. But 49ers 30, Giants 12. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, 25 for 37 with 310 yards and two touchdowns. He played like a madman. Christian McCaffrey, also another animal. He played like a madman. 18 carries with 85 yards and a touchdown with five receptions with 34 yards. Uh, All-purpose yards coming into play there. Debo Samuel, he was a lethal weapon for this team. Six receptions with 129 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, their people's tight end, seven receptions with 90 yards. And rookie Ronnie Bell out of Michigan, he played. And he played, he was replacing wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, who was out nursing a shoulder injury. Speedy recovery, hopefully. And what I'm hearing is that he may be able to be suited back up Sunday. So Ronnie Bell, two receptions with 24 yards and a touchdown for Ronnie Bell. Congratulations to him and uh, getting his first NFL touchdown in the regular season against the New York Giants. The, the offense looked solid. They looked, they were clicking on all cylinders. The chemistry was there, and it looked good. They just looked solid. The Niners are a team to be messed with, and... They're not the team to be messed with, and they're a team that I would just pay attention to. The Giants, however, <laughs> are dealing with, you know, one, injuries, and two, a tough schedule. And this is what I've been saying, you know. Uh, this is, what, week four? They have to, you know, they, they finally get to go back home and recuperate and play a game that, the, you know, in their own backyard, right? Here it was their here was their stats here uh, with Daniel Jones, uh, Matt Breda taking over for Saquon Barkley, and this is the, to me this was the key because Saquon Barkley was out hurt, and they're going into a top environment in Levi Stadium in San Francisco, California, and it's one of those things where you're looking at it and you're like, oh man, like wow, you know, you're going you're going into a tough environment with a NFC champ, oh sorry, NFC conference champion runner-ups in the San Francisco 49ers, one of the probably the most elite teams in the NFL currently. It's tough, you know, and it's tough. They really, and this is just my honest thoughts, 
it really didn't look like they could get anything going uh, up until the first part of the third quarter. Uh, after that, one rushing touchdown, that was it. And the Niners just took over and said, no, no, we're not going to let them do that again. So Daniel Jones, 22 for 32 yards with 137 yards and an interception. He was, tw- sorry, he was 22 for 32 with 137 yards and an interception. I just want to repeat myself there. Matt Bereda, he was... He was a good piece in this, but you could tell they were missing Saquon Barkley a little bit. Four carries with 17 yards and a touchdown. That's okay. Matt Breda, he's a good, solid running back, but it hurts when you don't have an elite an elite rusher like Saquon Barkley in there. Darius Slayton, he tried to help out as well. Three receptions with 32 yards. He was good uh, when Daniel Jones was throwing the ball to him and he was trying to make some plays happen, but that Niners team was all over this Giants offense. Nick Bosa was a key part in this. He sacked Daniel Jones uh, in, you know, almost that caused a safety, right? So it was one of those games where you look at it and you're like, oh, you know, tough break for the Giants, but they can rebound. They got a home game coming up this Sunday. uh, And, you know, the Niners looking to, you know, continue and cause, you know, some more chaos as they improve to three, uh, four and oh. So final score, 30 to 12, the 49ers route the Giants. Now the Niners, as I pull up their schedule, have the Cardinals this Sunday afternoon. The Giants have the Seahawks on Monday Night Football at home. Good for them. They'll try to have a good rebound there, and we'll see what happens You know, in week four between these two teams. Final score again, 30-12. Niners win it. They look solid. Giants trying to go back to the drawing board. So, moving on. To the Packers and the Saints. I talked about this game last game. I picked the Saints to win. This was the only game I've got wrong. I got that game wrong. Final score of this game was Packers 18, Saints 17. I I said that behind, you know, behind while Jordan Love plays a close game, the Saints were going to pull it out and remain undefeated. I was wrong. This Jordan Love, he he did play good. He played well, but I thought the Saints were going to have a little bit more umph, if you will, and you know maintain a stronghold lead and win the game and ice it and defeat the Packers, right, and move on to become three and zero. They fall two and one. Packers are two and one now. They play tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about it later on in the episode. But Packers eighteen, Saints seventeen. Jordan Love twenty two for forty four with two hundred and fifty nine yards and one touchdown with one interception. He also had nine carries with thirty nine yards and a touchdown. Jordan Love was a big piece in this game, and Jordan Love has proven to be a solid, you know, a solid quarterback option for the the Packers so far. They're two and one. They lost. They lost to the Falcons. They beat the Bears, and they've beaten the Saints so far. They've had two good wins and, you know, a tough, close loss. Jordan Love is not playing like he's, you know, a, oh, you know, it's trying to, you know, time to, you know, put the backup in or trying to, you know, he's, he's, he's playing like he wants the job, and he's playing like he wants this team to win, and he's playing like a leader for this team. He really is. Who I mean, and you're, and you're thinking, oh, it's just Jordan Love. no. Here lately, it's been like, oh, Jordan Love's been impressing everybody. I think Jordan Love is one of those quarterbacks that doesn't get a lot of, has not been getting a lot of credit and should. Uh, just like Trey Lance, he's not getting a fair chance. I think Jordan Love needs to get a keep on playing and get a fair chance as a full season as the Packers quarterback. He's been doing, you know, he's been doing well. 
So congratulations, Jordan Love. He was a big reason why this team won this past Sunday against the Saints. He mounted a good comeback. At half, it was 17-0. 17-0. Jordan Love stepped it up in the second half and mounted a comeback to defeat the Saints. A.J. Dillon, 11 carries with 33 yards. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, uh, where Jordan Love was, there, was his primary target. Five receptions with 73 yards and a touchdown. Packers look good on both sides of the ball in the second half. Uh, they had a slow start, like I said, but Jordan Love mounted the comeback and good quarterback play by him, which was a key that I mentioned last week's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, is a way to get the win, and they got the win over the Saints. Now, the Saints, what does this mean for them? Let's talk about this because this is very interesting and in how this plays into Sunday afternoon's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and NFC South matchup. Derek Carr, 13 for 18 with 103 yards and a touchdown, but he left the game with an AC sprain, a shoulder injury. That's not good. Okay. You don't want your star quarterback going down this, you know, right now. I mean, Look at the Jets. Look at you know a lot of players in the NFL going, star players going down so far, and it's not a good look right now. The Saints are getting bit by the injury bug, you know, as well. So Jameis Winston took over. He was ten for sixteen with one hundred and one yards. Keandre Miller nine carries with thirty four yards. Chris Olave had eight receptions with one hundred and four yards. Michael Thomas six receptions with fifty yards, and Jimmy Graham scored an eight yard touchdown. After Derek Carr left the game, it kind of looked like, it just felt like the, the the whole aura of the Saints team just kind of just left. And it mounted a Packers comeback, and an unfortunate comeback, and the Packers ended up taking advantage of Derek Carr leaving the game and you know, the aura and mentality of that team just going down. They took advantage of that and capitalized and mounted a good comeback. That was the whole premise of this football game. And Jameis Winston did not do bad. He looked he looked okay, but Derek Carr leaving was a was a, it was a good blow. It was a, a big blow to this team. Chris Olave looked good, but all this was not enough, and it kind of hurt them in the in the end. And the Packers bound to come back 18-17. So we're going to see what happens tomorrow night with the Packers. They play the Detroit Lions on Thursday night football. We're going to see what happens with the Saints as they play the Buccaneers Sunday afternoon. But it kind of sucked the whole aura out of you know the team when Derek Carr, you know, you know, injured his shoulder and had an AC sprain. So we're going to have to see what happens there. We're going to see if he plays. I'll give you some more updates on that. Everything's up in the air right now currently, but the final score of this game, 18-17, and once again, Packers beat the Saints. So moving on uh, to our recap, the Bills and the Commanders. I said this game was going to be close. I said that Josh Allen needed to play like the Josh Allen that we're used to seeing, the MVP-type caliber quarterback. And the commanders needed to block and needed to win in the trenches to win this game. I was right about both keys because it, that needed to happen. It needed to happen. Uh, I was completely blindsided. I got the game right, but I was blindsided about the score. Final score, 37-3. Bills beat the Commanders. They route them 37-3. Josh Allen, 20 for 32 with 218 yards and a touchdown with one interception. That's the only little blemish that he had. Three carries with 46 were three carries with 46 yards and a touchdown. James Cook, 15 carries with 98 yards. Stephon Diggs, eight carries with 111 yards. And Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis with a 35-yard touchdown connection from Josh Allen. So 
It was the offense that looked good. They scored the points. But let me go on and tell you something, guys. This Bills defense was the key to winning this game. They looked absolutely possessed on the field. They looked like monsters on the field. They had nine sacks and five turnovers. They had nine sacks and they forced five turnovers against this commander's offense that was pretty white hot coming into this game. So the Bills defense caused a lot of chaos for this commander's team, and it was, you know, they couldn't put up any points. They only put up three points, a field goal. Sam Howell was 19 for 29 with 170 yards and four interceptions. Curtis Samuel, two receptions with 54 yards, and Terry McLaurin had six receptions with 41 yards. The running game was not there. It was kind of abysmal. The passing game, you know, they were, he was pressured to throwing four picks and a fumble. It was, you know, a tough day and a tough, you know, tough loss for the Commanders. Do I think the Commanders are going to come back? Yes, I think the Commanders are a solid team. But are they up there with a Buffalo? And this is what's proving this. Like, this is what's, you know, what is happening. And this is what's, you know, this game is showing. They may be a solid team, but they are not ready to take on a Buffalo Bills team yet. And that's okay. You take this game and you learn from it, right? You learn from what happened. You learn, uh, you, you know, okay, you learn to, you know, you know, find your matchups, find your open matchups with the receivers. You learn to read defenses better. You learn to make better decisions. You find all that, and you learn all that, and it's a learning moment for the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera. So, final score, 37-3. to Nothing to really go over. Bills did defeat Commanders handily. Commanders going back to the drawing board. Buffalo. Headed to a showdown with the Miami Dolphins, who I will mention here in just a little bit. Last game before we, you know, go up to, you know, the week four previewing predictions, the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Monday night football. Doubleheader, by the way, because the Bengals and the Rams played on Monday night football as well. But Eagles, Buccaneers, I said it was going to be a little bit close. I said that the running game needed to be established as well. The running game was established, and it was offense that took over for this one. Final score, Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11. I said it was going to be close. Um, The score was like, okay, it's a little bit iffy on the score side. But the game to me was much closer than, you know, a lot, you know, pointed it out to be. Even even though the Eagles looked phenomenal on offense, and they looked really good on offense, by the way. Eagles 30, uh, Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11. Jalen Hurts, 23 for 37 with 277 yards and one touchdown with two interceptions. Now, Jalen Hurts did not... Let me just say this. Jalen Hurts played okay, but he didn't play to the Jalen Hurts that we're used to seeing. It was a little bit of an off night in some areas for Jalen Hurts, but that's okay. He had 10 carries with 28 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He, he looked like Jalen Hurts, but it was one of those things where it's like, uh... He could have played. He could have played a little bit better. A little bit better. That's if if you know somehow this gets to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if it would, but if it if it did one day, stuff like this just fuels Jalen Hurts to play better. Obviously, so um, he looked good, but it wasn't you know it wasn't to the strength that we're used to seeing Jalen Hurts play ball in. Right. So DeAndre Swift was a key factor in this one. 16 carries with 130 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, 14 carries with 43 yards. And the running game looked solid. I mean, it was one of those things where I said, just keep running the rock. And they did. Keep running the rock with with Swift and, and Gainwell. And it was, you know, 
everything's going to be good for that offense. And boy, was it. Eagles can run the football, man. The Philadelphia Eagles look good on the ground. Um, They look good in the air as well. A.J. Brown, nine receptions with 131 yards. Devontae Smith, you know, showed some flashes, and he looked okay. But it was it was Alamide Zacchaeus. Alamide Zacchaeus with two receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. Alumni Zacchaeus, very underrated receiver. Not talked about a lot on this team, but he helped out a good bit in this Buccaneers game uh, for them this past Monday. He, you know, caught some passes when needed and scored a touchdown to, you know, help seal a win for the Eagles. The Buccaneers didn't, they showed some fight. And that is what's kind of telling for the Buccaneers. And this is why I'm starting to gain a little bit more respect and a little bit more, you know, okay, like something that could be stirring up here for Tampa Bay. Maybe Tommy, you know, Tom Brady retiring did hurt them. Obviously, it would hurt anybody. But when you think about it, hey, the Buccaneers, they didn't look like, you know, they, it wasn't as, they, everyone's saying, though, this may be a down year for them. It's looking like this may this season may be better for them than advertised, right? Uh, there's always those teams when you look at them, you think, okay, you know they're going to be awful and they play a lot better than people think. Then you think, okay, these this team's going to be great, and they turn out to be really overrated and disappoint. Buccaneers look like a team that could probably, you know, rise to and exceed expectations, right? Baker Mayfield, 15 for 25 with 146 yards and a touchdown. He threw one pick. That was really uh, one of the only blemishes he had. Rashad White, their running back, 14 carries with 38 yards. Mike Evans, who this may be his last season in Tampa Bay, I would think highly of that, and I would try to, you know, your try your absolute best to work out a deal to keep him and make him a Buccaneer for life. Five receptions with 60 yards and a touchdown. That totally that only touchdown that Baker Mayfield threw was to Mike Evans, solid receiver, solid part of that game plan. And the, the Buccaneers just look good. They do look good, and they may contend in the NFC South. That South is a little tight right now. You got the Falcons doing well. You got the Buccaneers doing well, and you got the Saints doing well. Panthers still trying to find their footing with Bryce Young, and he's. On track to play Sunday, by the way. He hurt his ankle and he was out this past Sunday against the Seahawks. He is on track to play against the Vikings this Sunday after missing the game with an ankle injury. So I posted that on Twitter as well. Um, the Buc- the South is a little tight right now, but we're going to see who who stands out, right? We're going to see who rises to expectations, and we're going to see what happens here. Final score, Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11, two good teams, Buccaneers are good, but it's like I said with it's like I said with the Commanders and the Bills. It's one of those things where you're good, but you're not at right now where the Eagles are, and that's okay. Learn from it and get and you know, just and you compete. Learn from it, keep competing, and that's how you're going to get better and to be amongst the elite in the NFL. Buccaneers, I'm re- I'm kind of sold on the Buccaneers a little bit. I'm kind of high on the Buccaneers currently. So Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11. Eagles improve to. 3-0. and And by the way, I was going to mention the offense. They put up 472 total yards of offense in this game. They look solid on offense. And they still are probably the top team to beat in the NFC currently. Second behind them, you guessed it, the San Francisco 49ers. So, that was our Week 3 recap for the NFL. We're going to move on and preview and predict the Week 4 games here for the NFL, the top matchups here. So, Week three, eventful, had a lot of stuff happen, a lot of games happened, and now we're going to dive deep into week four. So, 
Let's go. Let's go with our Thursday night football game as always, right? Lions at Packers, and there's been some good games coming on for, for uh, you know Thursday night football on Prime. Uh, this is one of them. It's an NFC North showdown currently. Lions at Packers, and it's in Green Bay. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit on the call for this one, obviously. Uh, if you have Prime, Amazon Prime, go and watch this. So, Lions at Packers, and here are the keys. And it's pretty simple keys. You're going to think, okay, this is basic football 101. But, just bear with me. Packers O-line versus the Lions defensive line. Who wins in the trenches? And you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson, and you got guys who can disrupt, you know, disrupt the O line and cause problems for Jordan Love. Um, and 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 that's that's a big thing for me right now because Aiden Hutchinson is playing like a madman right now. Who went? I mean, who who wins in the trenches? Packers O line versus the Lions defensive line. Packers O line is notoriously known for being, you know pretty solid and pretty, you know, and usually wins in the trenches in a lot of their matchups, but this Lions defensive line looks pretty good. So the Lions front seven versus the O-line for the Green Bay Packers, that's a key to who wins in the trenches here. And second of quarterback, of a basic football 101, who plays better at quarterback between Jared Goff and Jordan Love? You're like, this is football 101, dude, really, but it is. I mean, who plays better? That's, that's what we're going to find out, and that's what we need to find out in order for these two teams to win. Who wins in the trenches between the O-line and the defensive line, Packers O-line, or Lions defensive line, and who plays better, Jordan Love or Jared Goff? Because those are the keys for each team to win uh, You know this game tomorrow night. Who wins the game tomorrow night, by the way? Thanks for asking, followers and listeners of Pigskin Frenzy. I have... The Lions winning this one. Close. I think the Lions defensive line looks solid. I think Jared Goff is in a rhythm right now. They're kind of shaking that Seahawks loss off. They look good. They looked okay. I think the Lions are going to, you know, rise, you know, rise to the occasion, improve to, you know, three and one and get the win over the Packers. Packers two and two, three and one Lions. They have a leap and an edge in the NFC North race currently lions let's let's go with this let's go with this score lions 35 packers 24 you're thinking wow what a score yeah i think it's gonna be one of those i think the lions are gonna you know it's gonna be close at the start of the fourth and then the lions run away with it and end up winning this game 35 24 final score for detroit they win and you know the packers go back to the drawing board at two and two Next game up, Buccaneers at Saints Sunday afternoon, 1 Eastern, and it's going to look, this is an NFC South matchup that is pretty, you know, pretty underrated, I would say. I would say tune into this one because I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Buccaneers at Saints, keys to the game. Running back Alvin Kamara is back. He's back from his three-game suspension, um, and he's, you know, and he's, he's going to, you know, try to call some threats in the running game. Now, that's the key to the game. He comes back with a vengeance in the running game. He causes chaos and he helps this the Saints offensive, you know, you know, offensive line. He helps the Saints offense find a spark, right? Alvin Kamara comes back with a vengeance in the running game and he helps out Keandre Miller and, you know, guys, you know, who, you know, pick, pick it up a little bit, right? Just pick up everything. Now, Alvin Kamara comes back with a vengeance in the running game. Another key for the Saints. 
will Derek Carr play? That's a, that's a one big one. Will he play or will Jameis Winston start? AC shoulder sprains are kind of hard to deal with and kind of hard to play through. Um, it's one of those things where you're going to have to find some sort of rest and mobility and, you know, try to, you know, you know, make that shoulder feel better, right? So will Derek Carr play? I'll have updates on that for, you know, across, you know, Pigskin Frenzy on X, and I will give y'all, you know, some clarity on that, you know, as well. So will Derek Carr play? Only one key, really, for the Buccaneers. Uh, this defense needs to cause some chaos. I think cause some chaos. Um, behind Baker Mayfield playing like a madman, obviously, but Buccaneers need to cause some chaos on defense and you know, just kind of disrupt uh, the offensive line, just disrupt some plays. And if Derek Carr is not playing, even if he is playing with a hurt shoulder, if he's not playing, I would probably just, you know, look, you know, look at Jameis Winston and try to make him, you know, make some mistakes, right? Call some chaos. Call some chaos in the line. Call some chaos to Jameis Winston. Call some turnovers and have him make some crucial mistakes. Who do I have one in this game? I have the Buccaneers winning this game, honestly. Why not? Let's take the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, they are two and one, right? Saints two and one. They're about to be three and one. Saints are going to be two and two. I think the Buccaneers win. They win a close one, though. It's going to be close, but I got the Buccaneers upsetting the Saints. They go into New Orleans and beat them 38 31. 38 Buccaneers, 31 Saints, and. A lot closer than everybody thinks. Kind of a little bit of a high-scoring game, but the Bucs win it 38-31 with a good late defensive stand from Tampa Bay. They end up going, and they win 38-31. Buccaneers win that one. Two more games left. We're going to talk about the Ravens at the Browns. Another divisional matchup. Keep in mind, all of these games are divisional matchups, by the way. Uh, Ravens at Browns. So, Baltimore at Cleveland. Uh, keys to this game. Browns defense finds a way to contain Lamar Jackson. That's for the Browns. Uh, finds a way to slow him down. Finds a way to, you know, not... Let's just say this. Let me just reword this, I guess. There's really no way to slow down Lamar Jackson. But if you find ways to contain him and be like, oh, you know, make him not do certain stuff... That's your, you know, that's your ticket to try to win the uh, football game against this Ravens offense. So the Browns defense finds a way to contain Lamar Jackson. On the flip side, here's the Ravens key. Their defense forces Deshaun Watson into making crucial mistakes and errors. I think if the if the defense for the Ravens causes Deshaun Watson to, you know, kind of fumble a little bit, then, you know, all for it, right? All for it and make, you know, cause some chaos and make him, you know, enforcement is a crucial error. So, Browns defense plays well. Ravens defense plays well. Who do I have winning this one? I think it's a low-scoring affair. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring one. I think it's going to be a defensive, more of a defensive-minded, you know, battle between these two. I like Baltimore beating the Browns, personally, and I like them beating them with a score of 21-17. Ravens 21 Brown 17. They moved to 3 and 0. Oh, I'm sorry, 4 and 0. Oh. They moved to 4 and 0. Oh. Ravens moved to 4 and 0 oh, and the Browns moved to 2 and 2. So, 4 and 0 oh, Ravens, 4 and 0 oh, Ravens, Browns 2 and 2. So, Ravens 21, Browns 17. Last game that we're going to pick here on Pigskin Frenzy to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, Dolphins at Bills. 
Dolphins at Bills and why you're thinking, okay, why are you picking the Dolphins and the Bills? And you, you talk about them all enough. But let me just think about it for a second. What these two teams did last week, why am I not going to pick this game? It's an AFC East showdown. And it's, and, it's, and it's one of the best, you know, probably one of the best matchups on NFL this weekend. I would tune into it. Dolphins at Bills. Dolphins are 3-0. and Bills are 2-1. and So, going into Buffalo, going into uh, Orchard Park, New York, uh, here are the keys. And it's pretty simple. The Bills have to have a perfectly planned defensive game plan just like they did against Washington. They have to play perfectly on defense in all aspects. Run game, uh, pass protection, everything. Secondary, linebackers, front seven. All areas, all position groups must play well against this team. Because what the Miami Dolphins did to the Denver Broncos is in the modern era of football, of professional football leagues, kind of unheard of. 70 points in an NFL game. 70 to 20 against the Denver Broncos. And it was at Denver. Miami's offense is the best, is so far as the best in the league. I said that last week. I, I said, okay, well, guys, why am I so high on them? It's because of stuff like this. I mean, 70 to 20. Dolphins, 3-0, undefeated. Tua looking solid. The receivers looking solid. And Raheem Mostert looking solid. Speaking of Raheem Mostert, the key to this game is keep feeding Raheem Mostert their running back. He got four touchdowns on the ground in this game, uh, last, you know, against the Denver Broncos. They it was with eight, what eight minutes in the fourth quarter, and they were up seventy points. In, in majority of it was because of Raheem Mostert, solid receive, a solid back receiver, as a receiving back, as a running back, you name it. Raheem Mostert's. One of the most underrated talents right now in the NFL. A heck of a fantasy pickup if you want to play, you know, you're playing fantasy football and trying to pick him up. I would take him. Um, he's a solid back. Dolphins look solid on offense. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things where they're not going to put up 70 points Sunday because the Bills defense is pretty solid. But who do I have winning? The Dolphins win it. Why not? The Dolphins win it. 4-0, they move and beat the Bills, and they claim first place currently in the AFC East. Dolphins 4-0, they beat the Bills, and it's going to be a closer one. I think it's going to be Dolphins 35, Bills 28, and they defeat them, and it, you know the Bills go to, they're 2-1, two, they're two and one. they go to 2-2, two and two, and the Dolphins go to 4-0. Dolphins look solid, man. I'm not going to lie. That the playoffs were today, you claim that number one seed and you throw that those ones up in the air for the Dolphins. They look like they get the first round by if the playoffs were today. Dolphins win 35-28 against the Bills in Orchard Park, New York. And we're out of time. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back and watch and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify and Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Facebook, Instagram, type it all in. Pigskin Frenzy. Follow and like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get... Uh, trivia questions on Instagram stories, go and, and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Big things happening at Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for just taking some time and listening and watching college football this weekend, NFL this weekend. Go enjoy it. College football week five, NFL week four. I'm ready. I'm excited. 
We will see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy for college edition of Pigskin Frenzy as we recap week five and look ahead to week six of college football action. Till Tuesday, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you then. For everybody out there, stay the course.